I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is Tuesday, May the 3rd, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. In a short moment, I will be joined by Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. We got him on the show. We promised him that he would be a return guest on the podcast, and I have delivered. He will be joining (laughs) me to discuss some of the Elite 11 insight and some of the the recruiting scoop that we were able to gather in Las Vegas this past weekend. But before we get to that conversation, let's take a look at what's trending over at 24-7 Sports. A number of crystal ball predictions have gone in for Notre Dame, the number one recruiting class right now in the 2023 team recruiting rankings. And Brian Doan just put in three more predictions, Devin Houston, Ovin Waffle, uh, including uh, Jaden Greathouse, a four-star wide receiver from the state of Texas that went in from Steve Wiltfong. So the Irish continuing to build a number one recruiting class and look to be gaining some more momentum. There's also a a really interesting piece that I want to refer our listeners to written by Brandon Marcello about USC and Lincoln Riley revving up their pursuit of stars in the transfer portal. We always knew it was going to be a rebuild in Los Angeles, and it appears that Lincoln Riley is taking kind of an accelerated and a faster approach to that by going into the portal. Uh, So that's a really interesting piece. And a couple of NFL draft stories that we were able to draw up as well. Cooper Patagna had a kind of a recap, and we're going to discuss that with him later on this week. And Clint Brewster also broke down the 37 transfers that ended up being selected in the 2022 NFL draft. So plenty of good stuff and obviously a lot of recruiting scoop over at 24-7 Sports. So make sure you check that out. Let's bring in now national recruiting analyst Greg Biggins. And you might have heard him giggle there while I was in- introducing him the, the first time. We-, we got you on the show, Greg. How does it feel? I'm sorry to giggle. I didn't know I was, I, I assume my mic was, was not hot. I just thought it was thought it was funny when you said you delivered. Like it was, it's such a big chore to to come and, and get me to come on. It was adorable, Blair. It really was. But uh, that was some good info right there at the crystal balls and the draft. I thought the Rams killed it personally. I thought they had the top draft by far. Uh, Matt Stafford was a first round pick. I think he's going to be a Super Bowl champion quarterback someday. So no man, good info, Blair. It's always fun to listen to your little nuggets that just flow out of your mouth. Beautiful. Anytime. You dip into the Trinity League to draft a player that was really productive at the at the college level, and I'm talking about Quentin Lake, uh, the UCLA yes, safety who who the Rams picked up. I mean, that gives them a little depth in the secondary, and that's been kind of a spot that they've needed some some bodies. You saw what they brought in uh, a retired a, a, reti- a retired uh, Weddle right the last season to to kind of short yes. things up, and uh, you know now Weddle, they're going baby. into the draft. You know what's so funny about that draft pick is I was driving to San Diego talking to Big Dave. Dave, most people know him as Big Dave, but it's uh, David Uwe Ungalale, father of Mateo and DJ. And, and I was kind of ripping on the Trinity League a little bit, Blair. I was kind of saying, you know, it's kind of ironic to me that we have these two super teams, Marde and Bosco, 
And I would say since 2015 or so, those have probably been the top two teams in the country. But where's the draft buzz, right? I'm kind of saying, are these guys just peaking in high school? They're not developing later on in college? Are they, is the modern day Bosco coaching so good that they kind of maybe, you know, they don't get developed much more in college because they're already kind of peaked? Because I thought we'd see a run on modern day and Bosco players over the last five or six years. And we just haven't seen it. And then right when I was saying that, all of a sudden, my little phone, Quentin Lake, to the Rams. Quentin Lake is a modern day kid. So uh, funny timing, but that could be another conversation to have another time. I'm not trying to fish to get on your show again, but just, you know, why hasn't modern day or, Bo- I mean, Long Beach probably had more kids drafted this year than modern day and, and Bosco Blair for, you know, it's, it's not the first time it's happened. So just something to think about, something to, something to ponder a little bit. I think during those sleepy summer weekdays, right, where we're recruiting dies down a little bit, we're all antsy for the college football season to get underway. I think that's a really good idea. I'm going to stash it away in my back pocket and, and, and re revisit it, you know, and I think there is a trend there, right? Like even looking at the quarterback position, who's probably modern day's most recognizable quarterback. Would it be Matt Barkley? Would it be Matt Leinart? Those guys didn't really do anything at the NFL level at Bosco. You're talking about Josh Rosen, right? The former five-star went over to UCLA and did some big things, but never really is able to kind of get his footing in the NFL. So, you know, and he's a Bosco player. So yeah, that, that could be a, a topic there and, and we could do a deep dive on the research. So a really interesting piece there. And obviously those two programs continuing to stockpile talent in the recruiting world and, and, and always some interesting matchups on both sides of the football. I mean, we're talking about the two deep at each school, basically being composed of division one college football prospects. So a lot, a lot of really good info there. Let's get over to to Vegas. You and I actually, it was funny, right? We were boarding our flight Sunday morning and we were seeing some people on, on the plane to get over to Vegas that we ended up seeing on the return flight, but they didn't look as upright as <laughs> they did on the, you know, as they did oh, when man. we were when we were boarding the flight initially to get uh, to get out there. But really nice and fun commute with you, right? To get on a flight, go over to Desert Pines High School where the Elite 11 was, the regional, uh, the sixth stop in in the national tour. Uh, We got to see a lot of really good quarterback play. Four invites went out to the Elite 11 finals, probably one of the more prestigious events in the offseason camp circuit. And I thought it was a really good event, despite the fact that we dealt with a lot of windy, gusty conditions. I thought the quarterbacks ripped it. It, it was extremely windy. You know, I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably five miles an hour or so. Just using kind of my track background right there, Blair. Been to a lot of track meets. I'm able to kind of see what the wind is at those meets. And it felt like it was at least five, six miles an hour. I mean, we were seeing tripods getting knocked over. So and, and a lot of those quarterbacks, though, they, they say it's actually easier to throw into the wind. You have more control if you can spin the football. That's why I always and some people say, oh, it's not a big deal if you can't throw a spiral. And when you're dealing with conditions, you know, you got to be able to spin it, rip right through those conditions. And then you have the wind on your back. It's really hard to control the football. It just wants to take off on you. And so your deep ball accuracy kind of suffers a little bit. And then when you're trying to throw the short to intermediate, intermediate stuff. You're, you're throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs at, at poor kids and, and taking their heads off. So it's hard to throw those kind of conditions. But uh, the four guys that got locked in, I thought were all very deserving. So I was happy for all four of them. Jaden Rashada out of Pittsburgh, California in the Bay Area. Got his invite. Pierce Clarkson, the Louisville commit out of St. John Bosco, also punched his tickets to the Elite 11 Finals. Malachi Nelson, the five-star, number two overall prospect in the 23 class, committed to USC out of Los Alamitos, is also headed to the finals. And then the fourth one, and we'll start with Eli Holstein, who 
who who came all the way from the state of Louisiana to compete in this event and didn't really show any travel weirdness. I mean, he set an all-time record for a spark score rating, which was really impressive given just his size, right? Like he looks like a big kid, looks like he he might not be as mobile as maybe some other prospects, uh, but his his testing showed otherwise. I, I thought he was uh, really, really impressive. And then you look at his numbers. I mean, it was some eye popping stuff. There has not been a quarterback that's ever posted the numbers that he posted on Sunday. No, that's wild to think about because it, it, I read an article. I was kind of doing some research before the camp, but I was reading up on Eli and I saw that he was quoted saying he won. That was his goal. He wanted to go break the record. He had a great score last year. So he knew it was well within his reach and like you said, and it's, I don't think it's an insult to Eli to say he does not look like a guy that you would envision jumping 38 inches, 4'6", 440, through the Powerball, 45 feet. You know, he was measured in at 6'4", and 222. So he's a big kid. I mean, 6'4", and, and 222 is, I mean, that's the size of a lot of, you know, a lot of college linebacker edge rusher types. But he's out there, man. He's moving. And uh, had a had a good day, and he's got the film to back it up. But I think a lot of times people don't fully understand the Elite 11. Again, my background, I was over at that student sports team for 15 years, and it's, it's your whole body of work. It's not just how you look at a particular camp. And you look at Eli's body of work, 15-0 and 0 state championship and making making big plays in that state championship game. So you kind of combine that with the testing, with the camp performance. He was a no-brainer. So I know you talked to him a little bit after the camp about his recruitment. And I also saw, I don't know if you mentioned it in your little open, but Hank South put in a crystal ball for Alabama this morning, Blair. So hot off the presses, maybe he read your article and said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. On, so on, Hank South, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go for it. So, so on Sunday, while we sat there in the, uh, the roadhouse, what was it? A chop house of some sort, right? <laughs> writing out our, our report, our, our top performers with a little bit of recruiting buzz for our readers over at 24 seven sports. And I, we did mention that, that Alabama had a lot of buzz right now with, with Eli Holstein and something that really stood out to me about that was the fact that he said Nick Saban got on the phone with him during the NFL draft and said, hey, are you watching this? Because we can get you on on this show, essentially, right? Like this is our pitch. You know, the, the quarterbacks, the, the run of quarterbacks wasn't as good as it's been in other years. And, you know, there was some lack of, of star power per se, but I think he said that that was something that really stood out to him. He has a good relationship with Bill O'Brien. He was out at the spring game recently and, and that was over uh, Easter weekend. So it, it meant that there weren't going to be a lot of people in Tuscaloosa for that game. And it was a rainy day. So that even worsened the, the attendance numbers and the conditions weren't friendly for, for an offense that, you know, I think right now is, is trending towards throwing the ball a little bit more than than we've seen Alabama throw it, especially with Bryce Young behind center. But he, he mentioned that he loves the offense. He loves Nick Saban. He loves the fact that that program has a good defense every year. And that's always a, a quarterback's best friend. And, you know, I think right now you have to like where the Crimson, Crimson Tide stand with him in, in that regard. He did mention, though, that his spring practices were kicking off Monday this week and they would go through May 13th, which is the day of his spring game. And he wasn't going to talk recruiting. He wasn't going to do any recruiting stuff in those two weeks uh, until un- until that's over so that he can start focusing on his own team and then reconvene, go back into recruiting and take visits. Does want to take official visits. Alabama will be one of them. And he was actually at Florida recently as well and said that Billy Napier, who obviously has a lot of ties in the state of Louisiana, uh, is making a strong push and he really likes it there. Uh, so I think that's, that's going to be, I think, a really interesting SEC battle. And I- I've always wondered, you know, how... 
his recruitment would go after he backed off his commitment to Texas A&M, especially with Arch Manning still being available and, and still being one of those prospects that I think we're all waiting for that domino to drop. And, you know, in, in a sense, you, you wonder, okay, you know, Arch Manning in the same state in Louisiana, will that overshadow with what Eli Holstein can do on the recruiting front? But it hasn't slowed him down at all. I mean, I feel like the interest in Eli Holstein has even ramped up even more than than maybe he even expected. No, I mean, that's 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 the key word you mentioned there was dominoes, because as you're speaking, my, my mind, you're kind of you're on the same page as people. I'm, my mind immediately jumped over to Arch Manning because I think a lot of people, you know, assume, you know, Arch is kind of essentially not down to, but the three schools you continue to hear the most about are Alabama, uh, Texas, and Georgia. And you knew that Alabama, one time, you know, they were a pretty big leader for Nico Ia Maliaba before Nico committed to Tennessee. So uh, Bama obviously loves Eli Holstein. They're not going to, you know, they're, there's not going to basically wait around for Arch, man. They, they see Eli as a guy, and it's not like they're going to zero in on him and make a hard push for him. If you got, you know, Nick Saban calling him, and, and I assume the pitch went something like, hey, my last quarterback, Mac Jones, went in the first round. He's already fallen out for the Patriots. Bryce Young will be a top 10 pick next year. Hey, why would you not want to play for this program? Why would you, why would you want to go anywhere else, Blair, if you're a quarterback right now? So fascinating to see if Eli does go to Alabama, and then immediately, you know, our attention will turn to Arch. Does that remove Alabama? You have to assume it does. Does that give Texas, you know, a big leg up for Arch Manning, our number one overall player right now? And Or does Georgia, are they able to kind of maybe make some noise right there with Arch? They currently are doing, you know, pretty well. So, you know, LSU, I don't want to get ahead of myself, Blair. My, my mind is spinning right now. I, I almost went to LSU and Jaden Rashada. Let's not do that yet, Blair. Let, let you go ahead and set this up because I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about Jaden quite a bit as this uh, 20 minute phone call gets rolling. <laughs> well, he was actually the segue for me because from one uncommitted quarterback to the other one, and he was actually the alpha dog, according to to you and I, we wrote that article. So we, we liked Rashada the best out of any of the quarterbacks at this elite 11 regional. And uh, we thought he was consistent throughout, uh, got the ball out quick. It showed all the tools that, that, you know, we've kind of grown accustomed to seeing out of him. Uh, not a, a, a player that really is is loud or rambunctious or you know is going out there and 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 kind of being you know in, in a sense a, a character at these events like he takes a business like approach at at all of these events and he's always working to tinker on on little things here and there he's asking questions to the coaches he's He's always trying to correct, you know, whether it was it was a little late or a little behind or maybe ahead of a receiver. Like there's always something that he's trying to get better. And it's really clear to see why so many college coaches have gravitated towards Jaden Rashada now with Malachi Nelson off the board out west and Nico Yamaleava uh, off the board out west as well. No, for me, you know, my, my nickname for Jaden is he's kind of a silent assassin. I, I literally just made that up just now. So I don't know if I can, if I can call that a nickname or not. It just came to me as her because you know what? He is kind of quiet. He's not, a, to use your word, a ram, rambunctious kind of a kid. But if you know Jaden, man, he definitely has a lot of dog in him. He's got a little bit of a chip. And he understands that, hey, I'm not the guy that's being talked about, you know, even in my own state, right? Everyone's talking about Malachi or Pierce or Nico. And I, I know Jaden, I guarantee you, he knows every time he goes out there, man, he's competing against those guys. And in his eyes, again, I guarantee you, he thinks that he is the best guy and no one's talking about him being that guy. We have him top five in the country, I believe, and he's trending up. And it was kind of funny after the camp was over, you know, I got a ton of text messages from people saying, oh man, Jaden's always been my guy. And, and 
you know, yeah, I guess so, right? Every, you know, when it, when a guy does something spectacular, everyone kind of wants to. We saw it during the NFL draft. Every time somebody was drafted, you have 18 people saying, "Oh man, that was my guy." Training him for you know 20 minutes one day at a workout, therefore he's my guy. And I think the same thing happens with quarterbacks. But you know, Jaden, quiet, but yet man, he has a dog mentality, a little bit of a chip. He's always want to compete against everybody else and show that he is one of the best. And I believe he is one of the best. I mean, in terms of his physical tools, you look at his frame. Just before you called me, Blair, you know, I did some video and don't laugh because I, I do have that capability to do, to do video. But I watched every single rep of that first group. And Jaden, you know, ball placement, probably the best. Live arm, probably the strongest arm there. Love the feet. Mechanically, he's a teaching tape. I mean, the way he drops, follow through, ball placement, release everything. I mean, it, it was just, he's just so smooth and effortless. Changes speeds, dual threat capability. He's a smart kid. Uh, people can say, oh, you know what? We want to see him be maybe a, a little bit better with the pads on. And I think he he'll, he will show that, you know, the last couple of years, you know, he's had some issues that he will never complain about, but he's had some stuff at Pittsburgh that I, I think this year, I expect a big senior year out of, out of Jaden. And I'm a huge fan. And I think right now, man, I if you were to say by the end of the cycle, he's going to be in that discussion for number one overall, I would not argue with you. I think he's got that kind of talent. We will be right back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I think sometimes you kind of bet on that guy, right? Like the guy that is doing his work, like you mentioned, silently off to the side. I don't know if he's an assassin, but he does have a really assassin. cool... He, I know he has a really cool King Tut tattoo on his left leg. And I don't know how <laughs> many Tut people... was an assassin. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how many people King Tut killed during his reign in, in ancient Egypt, but I do like the the demeanor and just just his his moxie and the way he carries himself and in terms of his recruitment i mean i think right now you look at what's going on with with his visits and and the the places that he could go to and the coaches that are reaching out to him i mean i don't know if there's a player in the country whose stock has taken a leap as much as we've seen jane rashada's since some of those big dominoes began to fall at the quarterback position. Yeah, no, I think, I think this, I mean, again, I don't want to speak for him, although I did speak to him and it seemed like the schools with the most buzz right now, you know, he loved his visit to LSU. I think they got a, a real good chance and talked about just, they have, you know, a great head coach and Brian Kelly, but they have four different position coaches, quarterback specific coaches that are all about just dealing with development Four, Blair. That's, 
That's quite a bit, right? Most schools just have one. They have four guys. Ole Miss just took a quarterback commitment from Marcel Reed, but he said they're still all over him, and he's still highly intrigued by Lane Kiffin in that offense. And he's uh, he's going to officially trip to Oregon. Uh, Love is unofficial. Really likes Kenny Dillingham over there. And then he, you know, was was kind of blown away by that recent A and M offer. And uh, they just offered two weeks ago. So you think they'd kind of be late to the party? But he was like, no, they're still in it. Uh, those are, you know, the next three official trips he'll take will be to LSU, Oregon, and A and M. Miami's still hanging around. He'll have a top six coming out pretty soon. I don't know who the other six school would be. I think those those five though probably look pretty good. And then he said he'll probably make a decision sometime June, July. You're right, right now I'm I'm really intrigued by where he's gonna go. I mean, just he didn't tip his hand. I didn't try to pry, but it just it seems like you know any of those schools that he mentioned have a realistic shot right now. So um, he, that's one of those decisions where I'm I'm really intrigued by, and I'm curious, like any other fan would be. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really fascinating to see how how his recruitment really unfolds. Uh, hopefully. He said, right, he told us afterward that it could be an early summer decision, so the official visits will be big for him. Greg, quick before we go, Malachi Nelson, Pierce Clarkson, two other Southern California quarterbacks are, are going to be headed back to the Elite 11 finals and, and, and getting uh, an opportunity to be among those, those Elite 11 at, at the end. Um, I, I, you know, we've liked them for, for a while. Pierce has taken some big strides in, in his development and, and committed to Louisville and, and given that program a lot of recruiting pool out West. And then Malachi, right? Like I think he's become in a sense, a, a household name in, in recruiting. Mm. Uh, everyone understands his, his skill set and, and his power. And uh, I think it's helping USC recruit right now to, to a sense. What do you think of those two and, and kind of what they're doing in a recruiting sense? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think Malachi is so good. I, I almost think we take the, him for granted. I think, yeah, right? I think, I think there are times where we build up a player so high and we've always liked them. And at, at, to a point we start nitpicking, right? We start looking mm-hmm. at little things and we're like, ah. looking for flaws. Exactly. And I think we continue to forget how truly special he is. No, like I said, when, when I we went back and rewatched the video, he doesn't miss. And I made the comment, he's like a college quarterback right now. And for me, when you say a, a, he's like a college quarterback, that's, that doesn't mean, you know, big arm. For me, a college quarterback, it's more about, you know, it's more about your football IQ, your feel, you know, being able to change the speeds and anticipate. And, and that's what a college guy has to do. It's not even about your physical. It's, it's all above your shoulders. And, you know, Malachi, he has a rare ability to just make little slight adjustments on a, on a ball. If he's late one time because he's throwing to new receivers the next time, you know, he'll, he'll just make a slight little adjustment to get the ball in there. Little, maybe change the arm angle, maybe adjust to the wind and throw it a little harder. Take something off of it if, if he's throwing with the wind. I mean, he he literally looks like a college guy and, and he's so accurate. He's got plenty of arm, great feet in the pocket, great presence. His football IQ, I haven't been around Arch Manning at all, so I, I can't speak for Arch, but just from a football IQ standpoint, and just from a guy who I know is a complete gym rat, I don't think there's a smarter quarterback than Malachi. Uh, he, he just gets it, you know what I mean? He just understands how to play the position. He's a he's a video, football video watching junkie. That's what he loves to do. He's not a big party guy. He likes to watch football and just dissect it and learn. And, and so for me, man, I think he's so good. And, you know, he easily could have been the alpha and I think he was a victim of just, you know what, Malachi, you're already number one. Let's go with someone else. And we would never intentionally do that. But again, just 
I, I think he's talented. He's recruiting like crazy for USC, not just guys that are in high school, but I, I think he's an attractive option for guys, you know, even in the portal, man. I think he's got such a name brand right now that people know about him. And, and Pierce, again, really happy for him. I thought he had a great camp. I think Pierce is kind of polarizing. I think some people just, you know, kind of want to assume, oh, you know, he's, he's a Clarkson, you know, he's getting by just out of his name. But if you just watched him without knowing his name, you would have said, okay, this guy's ripping it. And again, man, he's got a really athletic body. Uh, he moves around plenty of arm. And I think you and I both said the same thing. He almost thrives in those situations where it's off platform, be a football player, right? Okay. Everyone can make a drop and throw the ball to an open target. Anyone can do that. I can do that right now, Blair. And I'd go eight for 10. But what about when you're having to like do those shuffle drills? You have a guy running at you and you have to make a quick decision either to leave the pocket, climb the pocket, make a guy miss, roll left, roll right, throw sidearm, get the ball, just get the ball out and get it accurately to the guy who's holding his hand up in the air. And I thought Pierce did that better than anybody else. I mean, that's what he is. He thrives in that environment. We've seen him do it with pads on at Bosco. You know, he seemed to thrive. You you were at that Servite game, Blair, he made some huge throws where he was getting absolutely killed, but he's making football plays, rolling out, taking a shot, doesn't care, gets the ball out. And talk about recruiting, Blair. I mean, right now, Louisville, he has become the face of that program. Louisville is going to have their best recruiting class of all time by a, probably a wide margin. And he's going to be taking his official trip in June, he said. He named about 10 guys that will be visiting that weekend as well. And he's kind of been that that ringleader that, that you want to have in your quarterback. He's a very charismatic guy. I mentioned Jaden Rashad, more of a quiet guy. Pierce, very outspoken, outgoing guy. Uh, you, you always know where he's at. People kind of gravitate toward him. But again, getting back, keeping, keeping it at football, you know, he, he had a great workout, I thought. And again, getting that invite, I thought it was well-deserved. Yeah, like you mentioned, I loved... Pierce Clarkson's tempo, like in terms of his dropbacks and the way he was rolling out, like he was doing everything at game speed, where sometimes at these camps, you you can tell that some quarterbacks are thinking about every step that they're taking. He he was just naturally rolling out or escaping the pocket or making sure he was making that throw with, with some extra juice on the run, knowing that the defender would be there. I mean, I think uh, everything from an intricate standpoint was there for him. And, and you know, I'm excited to see what he's able to do in the national platform at the Elite 11 Finals this summer. GB, anything else before we go? You know, I, I how about some love for some of the some of the guys? You know, I McKay Hillstead kind of gave me credit for the write-up. I had to correct him. You know, I, I I did write up some of the guys, McKay, but that was Blair Angulo who loved you up. But dude, I I couldn't take my eyes off this guy. Uh, he's like what, maybe six feet on a good day. I don't know what he measured it at, but this guy has some serious juice to him. Probably the quickest release in the camp, fastest 40 in the camp was a 4-4-4-5-9. The guy can absolutely rip it. And you mentioned, you know, Utah State looks good. I would not be surprised at all. If I, I got a couple of college coaches asking me about him based on the write-up that you did. And this guy w was super intriguing. I thought Aiden Childs, David Razor, Luke Duncan, you know, Damon Williams in the other class group, you know, a few more eye catchers. So, you know, overall, a really good group. I mean, there's five camps, only been five guys invited, and they just invited four from this one camp. So it kind of shows you how talent-laden this camp was. And, you know, I, I thought uh, it was a good camp. I enjoyed being there. Yeah. Yeah, really good discussion that we just had and obviously a good roundup that you can check out over at 247sports.com. All the info on the top performers, the Elite 11 invites that went out, as well as uh, some recruiting scoop from the event. GB, it's a pleasure as always. And I can't wait to have you on in the summer. We'll, we'll skip ahead the next few months, uh, but we'll have you back in the summer to talk some modern day and Bosco. See, see you're, I, I'm already feeling like, you know, second class citizen here. And this, I, how about, I, I should just be a weekly thing. I, you know, Dude, let's do it. At least, at least a monthly thing. There's going to be the summer. I mean, come on, Blair. You know how much is going to happen between now and the summer? 
I mean, there's going to be a lot of action. I will be on this show between now and the summer, at least, at least eight I, or nine times. That's I the kid, goal for me. I kid, you're going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. I know you're going up to the UC report camp in the Bay Area, and I believe Brandon Huffman has already scheduled you to be a guest on this show. Stop. I, that's a running joke, and I will never be on. You're talking about the, this show or the best of the rest or the rest of the best, whatever you guys call that. It's, Silly show you guys do. <laughs> it's going to be both. It's going to be both. All right. Greg Biggins, you can follow him on Later. Twitter at Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Like I said, check out all his work over at 247sports.com. For Greg Biggins and our producer, Lance Glynn, I am Larry Hulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Football Recruiting Podcast.